Quickly faster. Spooks from the LGBT community. I was just a child when someone stole my reflection. Written by Mandark. Narrated by Rosalind Saville. Do you know how difficult it is to try and forget what your face looks like? I do, because it's something I've wrestled with my entire life, but to no avail. In fact, the more I try to forget it, the deeper the image burrows into my brain, searing itself into my memory and leaving me with a pounding headache. Even now, I can close my eyes and remember it all with perfect precision. My bushy eyebrows, my disgusting jawline, the obnoxious curve of my disproportionately large nose, my almost lopsided cheekbones, the circles under my eyes that have dug so deep they resemble little crevices on my skull. My face is a permanent stain on the filthy tapestry that is my mind. I know that it's not normal for people to want to forget what they look like. After all, isn't your appearance supposed to be a very core aspect of your identity? Why would you want to lose your sense of self? Well, what if I told you that it was the only way for you to hold on to your sanity, to stop it from being violently ripped from your grasp, leaving you a confused and blubbering mess like a child lost in the dark? I noticed that things were terribly wrong with me fairly early. It was a typical Sunday afternoon in the month of May. The sun burned so hot in the sky, its heat singed your skin at the bare minimum of contact. I was walking back to my bedroom after gulping down a bottle of ice-cold water from the fridge when I strolled past the full-length mirror in the vestibular hallway connecting the living room to the dining room and jerked to a halt after noticing my reflection. I didn't recognise the person staring back at me. They looked a lot like me. A child, about 11 years of age, a thick mop of blonde hair, slightly crooked canines, yes, but there was something wrong. Little oddities that only someone who really knows me would notice. I spent the next 15 minutes gawking at my image in the mirror, running my hands all over my body and getting increasingly frantic as more and more contradictions started popping up, like one of those spot-the-difference games you get in some newspapers. Tears started streaming down my face, and I began howling in panic at the strange sight in front of me, and that's how my mum found me, her eyes widening when I told her how the mirror is wrong. That's not me. She pulled me in for a hug, trying to calm me down, before talking to me about how everyone's bodies go through certain changes as they grow older, and it's completely fine for your appearance to morph a little with time. Now, I was at that age where my mother's word was gospel, yet I just couldn't bring myself to believe her. The changes were too rapid, too drastic, as if someone had just stolen my reflection and replaced it with a complete stranger. I tried to live with this frightening new reality I found myself in, but quickly discovered that it was quite an arduous task. Every encounter with the mirror started making me cringe visibly in fear, and it got to the point where I began voiding all possible reflective surfaces, including refusing to look people in the eye. Things soon took a turn for the worse, escalating beyond anything I could have imagined. I was never like the other boys at school, and naturally, that meant I had to endure an inordinate amount of bullying, 
which only got more vicious as my discomfort with my reflection came to light. Crazy Caleb is what they called me, taunting me, peppering me with spit-covered paper balls, shoving me into lockers, turning almost every day at school into a hellish experience. I was plodding back home after one such exhausting day, with rain pattering my face, intermingling with the tears dripping down my cheeks, with my head bowed and my eyes focused on my feet when I accidentally glanced at my reflection in a puddle. The image of the stranger gazing back at me, despite warping and rippling under pressure from the water droplets, stood out as clear as anything I had ever seen, with bloodshot eyes and thin lips turned into an angry sneer. The face oozed malice off in waves, and continued to do so even when my mouth dropped open in shock. I stumbled backwards as my heart thudded in my chest. Ignoring all the warning signs my senses were screaming at me, I peeked at the puddle again to find my image shimmering in a corner of the sodden mud, glaring at me balefully. I cried out in terror and took off running, my feet pounding the road, splashing my jeans with the water saturating the blacktop. My father got the living daylight scared out of him when he found me at the front door, panting and sobbing with my clothes drenched by the unrelenting rain. He got me inside the house, grabbing a towel to help me dry off before sitting me down and asking me exactly what had happened to reduce me to this. He nodded patiently as he listened to me stammering and blubbering, but soon his eyes hardened and narrowed into thin little slits. He admonished me for getting frightened by something so trivial, told me it was high time for me to grow up and sent me off to my room, grounding me for a week. Mum was a bit more gentle than him, and even agreed to stand in front of the mirror with me once again when I worked up the courage to show her what I had talked about. My reflection was no longer sneering at me, but I could still easily tell what was wrong. I whined and begged and pleaded for her to understand that this person staring back at me from the mirror was not me, but Mum just couldn't see it. This was my very own cross to bear. This is when I began turning inwards, becoming even more introverted than what I had been. If my parents thought I was imagining it all, then I couldn't trust them with the truth of the horrors I was going through. I decided that the only way I could end this is by completely forgetting what my face looked like, and also what I believed it should look like. I chose to sacrifice that aspect of my identity for the sake of my sanity. Naturally, I became zealous in my avoidance of mirrors and other reflective surfaces, going so far as to insisting on only eating using opaque plastic cutlery. I hung a bedsheet over the mirror in the bathroom, and took extra care to not peek at the vague reflections that would sometimes form on the screen of my phone or laptop. It led to frequent fights and punishments, but I refused to budge, slowly learning to be more sneaky with my religious hatred of mirrors. My reflection justified my behaviour with its reaction. Even as I tried to avoid it, it seeked me out, almost as if it had a will of its own. Catching a simple glimpse was enough to haunt my nightmares for weeks. Sometimes I would catch it smirking at me. Sometimes it would begin to warp, violently so. Broken teeth that hung loosely from the gums. A caved-in skull with bruises covering the whole visage. Empty eye sockets with gooey white fluid running down the cheeks. And other things too horrible to recount. The horror was taking its toll on me, and I was losing who I was. 
This thing that had stolen my reflection was now beginning to steal my life, my very identity, making me feel uncomfortable in my own skin. It all came to a head two years later, just weeks before Christmas. It was a particularly cold winter, and the clouds had splayed out a thick blanket of beautiful snow which reflected the moonlight, basking the surroundings in an otherworldly white glow. Mum was pulling double shifts at the hospital, and even Dad was working late, leaving me all alone in the house. It had been a tough couple of months for me. Going through my teens with a monstrous reflection had only worsened everything. I was sitting in my room with a book on my lap, gently drifting off to sleep when I heard it. Something creaked, like old and thick tree branches swaying in the wind. I would have dismissed this sound if it hadn't been for the fact that it was coming from the bathroom. Knowing that the mirror hung in there, I chose to avoid investigating the strange sound, but when it persisted, I decided to get up and have a look. I put on my slippers and walked into the bathroom, flipping the light switch on, blasting the room in a pale white hue, and jumped back when my eyes were inadvertently and inevitably drawn to the mirror. The cloth covering it had had been pulled to the side at a bottom corner, and a gnarled, wrinkled hand that resembled the roots of some ancient tree was reaching out, desperately groping around for someone to help pull it out of whatever hell it had been condemned to. Then, a face emerged. Mine. But not mine. With dissimilarities that were now excruciatingly familiar. The thing looked at me, and grinned. Finally, it whispered. I bolted out of the bathroom and slammed the door shut behind me, my heart pounding in my chest and goosebumps springing up on my arms. I heard its squishy footsteps on the wet bathroom floor, getting closer and closer until they were right on the other side of the door, which then angrily rattled on its hinges as the thing slammed into it. Why did you lock the door, Caleb? The booming voice shook me to my core. It was mine, only more hoarse and much deeper than my own. Why won't you look at me? Why do you avoid me so? The voice creeped into my ears, like some pervert whispering nasty things to a child. I pushed against the door, as if my strength would be enough to keep this thing away from me. Open the door! Look at me! Look at me! I ran out the door trying to make my way outside, when I saw him again, this time his body halfway out of the mirror in the hallway where I'd first seen him. He grinned when he saw me. Where do you think you're going? You can't run away from me! I sprinted back to my bedroom, only to find the bathroom door flung open with him sitting on my bed, legs crossed over one another. That damned smirk again. I know why you're so afraid, Caleb. You can't stand to look at how ugly you are. Tears blurring my eyes, I dashed to the guest bedroom, and he was there too, his head popping out of the mirror on the tall cupboard. Ugly, 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 he sang. That's who you are. That's who you've always been. That's why no one fucking loves you. No. No. I picked up a paperweight off the desk in the room and hurled it at the mirror, which shattered into a thousand little pieces, 
cluttering the floor and blindingly reflecting light off the ceiling. Then he spoke again, but now there were thousands of them, malicious screams that emerged out of the innumerable shards on the floor, all building up to an ear-shattering crescendo. You think this will stop me? It won't. You'll never get rid of me. Never. This is who you are. Look at me. And I did. And I saw. All of it. All of the little inconsistencies that I had fought so hard to forget. The shape of my jaw, the curve of my nose, the dip of my eyebrows, all of it reflected in the glass littering the ground. And it broke me. Wheezing and sobbing, I stumbled out of the room, only to have the world explode around me. Everything made of glass in the house. The windows, the coffee table, the picture frames, the mirrors that were still covered. They all shattered with unimaginable fury, and I collapsed onto my knees, vomiting on the floor. That's how my father found me. Surrounded by shattered glass, blood dripping down my hands where I had clutched the glass too tightly, sitting in a pool of my own waist, with a far-off look in my eyes. By the time I returned home, spring had firmly announced its presence. Daffodils bloomed in the garden, bumblebees buzzed around them, and birds sang an ode to the beautiful weather. My parents were waiting for me in the living room. Dad was nervously twiddling his thumbs and sneaking glances at me while Mum was silently telling him to be a little patient. They had been through every step of this hellish journey with me, showering me with love and support even as they went on their own journey, learning and dealing with their guilt. I took a deep breath as I stood in front of the mirror, staring at my image that smiled back at me with love and acceptance. I had done it. After a long couple of months, I had finally got my reflection. I had finally found myself. My real self. The one that had gone missing years ago. The one hidden somewhere deep inside me that had seemingly been stolen by that thing in the mirror that had now vanished without a trace. Taking a deep breath, I went over to my parents. Mum? Dad? I whispered. Mum got up and pulled me in for a hug while Dad stood up, gazing at me with unconditional love as he waited for his turn. Hey, Cynthia, he croaked, his eyes glistening with tears. It's so good to have you back home. I burst into tears, smudging mascara all over my face. Creepy bastard. Spooks from the LGBT community.